So I'm going to preach a new topic, if you like, but it's the same thing that I was, I was sharing from last week. But this time, I'm going to preach it the way I have to preach it. Is that okay? Working in financial freedom this decade. Working in financial freedom this decade is the title, if you like. Amen. Amen. And the reason, if you like, or my excuse, is that it's a touchy subject and it can easily be misunderstood. Is that okay? And so, because I don't want anybody to accuse me that this man wants something from us, so I'll preach it in a way that I dribble around and not... Hallelujah. But I'm sure that if you have been in this church for a long time, you know that, you know my heart. And you know that I don't want anything from anybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I don't want anything from anybody. Uh, Paul says that, not that I require food from you, but that you may have an account with God. Hallelujah. So there are certain things that I ought to Teach and teach it well. Teach it the way. So that we can become financially free. Are you with me? There's no point in knowing something and not teaching it because teaching it will make you think some, some way about me. That's very selfish of me. Am I, I, I making sense? Because I believe in certain things and I practice certain things. But I never teach it. I've never taught it. But I believe that the Lord wants me to Repent. Amen. Deuteronomy 28. Are you okay with me so far? So am I allowed to be free and say things as without you thinking funny? Is that alright? You can ask questions after. And for the next few weeks, every Wednesday, if I were you, I won't miss a Wednesday. I say if I were you, I won't miss any Wednesday. Because I'll be giving certain keys. I'll be giving certain keys. And you see, a key doesn't look like much. But if you can apply the key to the right door, it releases whatever is behind the door. And I'll be giving some financial keys this year. Or this, in the next, I don't know how long it's going to go. But I'm going to be saying some hard things. And those things are going to affect you. It's going to affect the way your, your mindset. I'm going to change some things in your mind. And I really want you to indulge me. And I want you not to think some, a funny way. Don't allow Satan to make your mind think in a certain way. Satan, get out of here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Because the Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of Knowledge. And sometimes the reason why we lack knowledge is because our teachers are not teaching us the truth. They are intimidated by us. So they don't teach us some things. You know, some of the things that I'll be teaching you, I learned by looking at my father, my spiritual father, and my natural father. Are you with me? I, I mean, I never heard it from the pulpit. But I saw him do it. 
and I've had deep conversations into deep into the night, sitting on a carpet chatting, and some things have been, some secrets have been revealed, but you'll never hear it in a message. Are you with me? And the Lord really rebuked me for being selfish and not giving the keys that will make us financially free. Deuteronomy 28, 11 and 12. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of thy body, in the increase of thy livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Amen. That is our mandate for this year. Hallelujah. Amen. That is our mandate for this year. You know, prosperity, prosperity is a misunderstood subject in the church. Because what we call prosperity, what we call prosperity in the church is excess, excesses, flashiness. Are you with me? Which is not what God calls prosperity. What God calls prosperity is not what we, the world, or the church calls prosperity. What the world calls prosperity is excesses. Are you with me? There's a difference between excesses and prosperity. Excesses is when you are flashy, all blinked out, wearing flashy clothes, driving flashy cars, living in flashy places. That's not prosperity. Prosperity is simply this. Prosperity is having enough, more than enough. Are you with me? Not being in want. Prosperity, essentially, is having more than necessary. Can I give you the, the, the definition? Having enough above what you need. To advance in anything that is good and desirable. Because some people are flashy in clothes. But they don't have enough in assets. They are flashy in cars, for instance. But they don't have anywhere, any piece of land that belongs to them. That's what I mean by excesses. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because in any part of the world, what we call prosperity differs. Are you with me? For instance, in a certain part of the world, when you are over, you have eaten and you are over full and you are getting big, they say you are prospering. But that definition doesn't work in certain parts of the world. Which means that what we are calling prosperity is really de is dependent on where we come from and what our mindset is. 
rather than what God is saying. But what God is saying, when God said to Israel that I'll give you a land flowing with milk and honey, it didn't mean excesses. What it meant is that you have more than you need for every, every day. Hallelujah. Over and above what you need. And you have peace with it. You know, what is the point in having, um, what do you call it, so much money that you need security wherever you are going? You need personal bodyguard. That's excesses. The blessings of the Lord, they make it rich and add no sorrow. It doesn't come with any sorrow attached to it. Are you with me? And the scripture says that by uh, food and raiment, therewith become content. Blessing is when you are contented. or Prosperity is when you are contented with what you have. I'm saying some serious things. I don't know whether you are getting it. You see, I'm trying to disabuse your mind from what you think prosperity is. Prosperity is not when you have seven cars. Prosperity is when you have, uh, what do you call it? You are having, today I asked my, my, my uh, colleague at work, how many watches do you have? He said, I have 73. <laughs> he has 73 watches. Because, I, I, I mean, I, I remember saying that he has a lot of watches. But today I wanted to know exactly how many. He says, I have 70. And if you think he has more watches, you should try sneakers and trainers. He has much more. Every day he wears something, a new watch that you haven't seen before. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, and he says, I collect trainers and watches. He has more trainers. <laughs> so, prosperity consists of having more than you need. It is comprehensive, all-encompassing, variety of good things for your life, finances, peace, health, all-inclusive. Are you with me? So what we call prosperity in the world or in the church today is not prosperity at all. It's excesses. And one of the things I want you to understand, Psalm 35 verse 20, 20 I'm just laying the foundation before I start. Okay? I'm giving you the theory and I'll give you practicals as we go on. Psalm 35 verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Amen. Contrary to what we have been taught, God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, not the excesses of his servants. They are two different things. Amen. Amen. Third John 
2, he says that I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So really, the, what God calls prosperity is all-encompassing. Your soul, your health, your spirit, your physical, are you with me? Everything. Amen. Amen. So you'll be, you'll be called a prosperous person not because you have a lot of money in the bank or a lot of shoes or a lot of cars or a lot of houses or a lot of one thing. But you'll be called prosperous when you don't lack in anything, including your health and peace of mind. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? Okay. If you look at somebody like Jesus, Jesus walked in the prosperity of heaven. But we never ever were told that Jesus was ex- had excesses. Are you getting it? He never lacked anything. You see, prosperity also includes one area which we don't talk about, which is goodwill. Somebody say goodwill. Do you know what goodwill is? Goodwill is also a currency. Just as investment is a currency. Just as, uh, what do you call it? Money is a currency. When you have assets, assets, it's a currency. Are you with me? You have gold. Gold is a currency because you can liquidate the gold. You can liquidate your asset. You can liquidate your money. That's why money is called liquid cash. You can also liquidate goodwill. Hello? I don't know whether it's... Are, are you okay with me so far? You know, when you say somebody has goodwill, it means that you can call on favor at any time from anywhere in the world and you get it. That's also a currency. Not every rich or every excessively rich person has goodwill. Are you with me? There are some people who are not cash rich, but they have goodwill everywhere they go. You get favor everywhere you go. Because, like, I, I always say that it would be very difficult for me to go to any country in the world and not have at least one or two people come to my aid. It would be very difficult. Because you, I, I, at least I know that there's at least one, two, or three people I know somewhere. Anywhere you, you throw me into, who will take me home? That's goodwill. I say that is goodwill. Not everybody has that. And that is something you can cash in. And see, you get goodwill by being good. Goodwill is is something you invest. (laughs) Are you with me? You invest in goodwill and then you reap it. You know, it's funny. We're having a discussion one day at work. And then somebody mentioned uh, I need somebody in, uh, is it Sri Lanka? I need somebody, um, my 
something. Sister-in-law is having a wedding somewhere. I need somebody in Sri Lanka. Immediately I said, oh, if you go to Sri Lanka, I have somebody. Then they mentioned somebody somewhere. I think Bahamas came up. I said, oh, I know somebody. Then uh, I don't know where else. There were three different countries. Something, some, another country came up. I said, oh, I know somebody. They said, ask for you, Chris. You know somebody anywhere and everywhere. And I was sitting quietly by myself. And then I was like, it's true. I mean, very few countries that I'll go and totally, I don't know anybody, or I don't have anybody I can call on for goodwill. Very few. Are you with me? Because in the past, we have shown goodwill. Hallelujah. In fact, majority of the people who have passed through, even this church alone, forget about everywhere else, even this church alone, majority of the people who have passed through this church and gone wherever in the world, if we reach there and call them, immediately you leave everything and come. Because when they were here, we sold goodwill. Yeah. I mean, I, we went to America and we just called Phyllis. I don't know whether you know Phyllis. We didn't even call her. Somebody told her we were in America. She wanted to take a plane and come to where we were. And it's like, we are like, oh, no, no, it would be too much because I don't like bothering people. It was a seven-hour flight for her. Then I said, oh, no, no, no. She managed to send DHL money and things. We did the next day. DHL came with, if you won't let me come, then I'm sending something. That's goodwill, which is also liquid cash. It's liquid. You can liquidify goodwill and use it. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? This is something that I practice. I believe in. I practice. I don't teach it. See, some of us, we are so selfish. It's only me, 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 me. You don't sow goodwill. You don't sacrifice. So you don't have goodwill to cash in when the day comes that you need it. Hallelujah. I've seen my, my pastor practice it. Yeah. He, he, he will give his last pound away. He will give his last pound away. Not expecting anything, but he's sowing into goodwill. Because one day, it might not be me, but my son's son will be caught up somewhere. Are you with me? And all I need is to cash in on goodwill. Hallelujah. Am I, am I getting through to you? Yeah. Because that's also an investment. It's not just investing in your, your stomach or investing in yourself alone. When you invest in goodwill in others, you never know. You never know. Are you with me? You never know when you will need. Hallelujah. I mean, how many of you, truly speaking, if you were in another country, and you heard that I've come and I'm stranded, you won't leave where you are and come. <laughs> you will not be stranded. Are, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. We went to Ghana and we organized, uh, there were about 20, how many? Almost 30 people came from wherever. They, some drove from the west to the, to the city, the capital, just because we were there. Hours, five, six hours, just to come and have fellowship with us. It's goodwill. 
It's not because I'm a pastor. Because the other pastors, when they come, not one person will turn up. Because they don't have any goodwill. It's prosperity to have goodwill. You land in a place, 30 people gather in a room because you have come. Listen, we organized a, a, a dinner. I was about to organize payment. He said, no, 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 keep your money. They paid for all the people. Goodwill. Because when they were here, we sold goodwill. Are you with me? There are some people, you don't like anybody in your space. So all me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I. I have housed more than five, six, seven church members together. We all sleep in the same place. Goodwill. Because you never know when you will need or your son or your daughter will need. Are you with me? So when we say prosperity, it is not just money in your pocket. Because there are some places and some times that the money in your pocket will not help you. A lot of things are coming to my head. I don't know which, what to say and what not to say. But I'm trying to get you to understand that prosperity is not excesses. I think that's the main lesson I want to for today. That having excess is not prosperity. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Excess shoes, excess bags, excess liquid cash. Excess, um, what do you call it? Uh, all those type of things. It's not necessarily prosperity. Prosperity is not having a lot of things. It's having more than you need. And being at peace. And being able to call on all the various facets that makes prosperity whenever you need it. Are you with me? Because... How many rooms can you sleep in? How many cars can you drive in? <laughs> How many clothes can you wear at a time? Are you getting what I'm saying? So if all you can have at any one time is one, you can only use one at a time. And you have one. And wherever you go, you can have one. It's okay. I mean, anytime I'm going to like, I'm going to Ghana. I don't have a, a car in Ghana. But I've never been to a car, uh, a Ghana or, or, or South Africa or wherever and not have a car to drive or a house to stay in. Because I cash in on goodwill. Are you with me? I cash in on goodwill. And I don't have to pay for it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because I have also sold, I can't tell the number of times I've sold my house for people to sleep in for free. Or my car for people to drive for free. The number of times I've given a car, car away. It's all to invest in goodwill. 
I don't, I think if I don't say anything else, and I end here, I have, it is one nugget that you have had. Hallelujah. Listen, one other investment that you need to do is the investing in goodwill. I believe it. I practice it. But I've never taught it before. Yeah. There, are, there is a time, there is a day you would need to cash in on goodwill. Amen. I said there is a day, there is a time and there's a place you will need to cash in on that account. Make sure that account is never empty. Make sure that account is never ever empty. Hallelujah. Remember when Jesus was born, one of the things he said, goodwill to all men. And he says that how God, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit who went about doing what? He went about sowing into the bank of goodwill. Healing all that were oppressed. For God was with him. Which says that one of the signs of knowing that God is with you is the ability to sow into good into the goodwill, ability to invest, do good to all men. It's a sign that God is with you. It's not about you alone. Are you with me? Anybody who is in need and you can help. Help. Don't be too busy to help. James said that what is it when you see somebody who, who has no clothes and you say that, oh, go and be warm. How can they go and be warm? You see somebody who only has one cloth, every time they go and come, it's only one. You have seen. Sow into goodwill. Preach, pastor. Buy it for them. Don't give them an old one. Buy one. Don't give them an old one. Preach, pastor, preach. Buy a new one. Preach it. And give it. It's a message. Not because you have, it. you have excess. But you have more than enough. So sow into it. It's, it's investing in goodwill. Are you with me? I'll be teaching you how to, how to invest. Every day is an opportunity to invest. Hallelujah. Every day is an opportunity. One of the ways to invest is to encourage. It's also goodwill. People are depressed and discouraged. Life is like that. People have issues. Are you getting what I'm saying? Today I'm giving my heart. I'm giving what I don't preach. But I believe in strongly and I practice it. Just five minutes to stop and talk to somebody. 
and encourage them. It's investment into goodwill. One day, you may need encouragement. And somebody will encourage you. Hallelujah. Sometimes somebody doesn't know what to do. They are at life's wit's end. They don't know whether to turn right or left. Or give up. Stop what you are doing. Don't be too busy to invest into somebody's life. To unravel and untangle. They may never ever say thank you. But you have sown it. God knows. God has seen it. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus went about doing what? Good. Which means that he was looking for an opportunity to do good. When somebody is in need, it's your opportunity. You know, there, there is something we call benefactors in the world and recipients, isn't it? So, in the world, we describe people who give as benefactors. And we describe people who receive as recipients. Isn't it? In account, if you have done accounting before, you will know that in account, the people who give are called debitors. It is debit to them. And it's credit to you that you are receiving. Are you with me? In the spiritual realm, the one who gives is not a benefactor, but he's a debtor. He, 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 he has made space. So it's a gap for God to bless him. Are you with me? There's a debit, which means that it has to have a reciprocal on the other side of the balance sheet. Are you getting I don't know whether I'm confused with accounting. Are you getting it? <laughs> you, see, you see, in the world, when you give, you're a benefactor. Isn't it? When you give, it means you're a giver. And then when you receive, you're a receiver. In account, when you give, you're a debitor. When you receive, you're a creditor. It's the opposite. Are you with me? In the spiritual realm, to the same. Because you have, you have made room for God to bless you. That's why when you pay your tithe, you make room for God to give, bless you. When you give, you make room for God to bless you. So you are a debitor, not a creditor. You see, it's amazing that in church, we treat it like the world, where we, we think we are doing God a favor. No, we are not doing God a favor. That's why the scripture says, is, is it Luke 6? Is it Luke 6? For the measure with which you give or you met with all, is the same measure that will be given to you. So the balance sheet is the same. It's like the creditor and the debitor. See, at the end of the day, the, the balance sheet must balance. 
Even if it's one P out, you have to find one P to balance it. <laughs> Am I making sense? Yeah. You won't hear it because the church, when they preach about prosperity, we preach about excesses. Because our understanding of prosperity double, double. is very, very shallow. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, but God is not, God is not shallow. God is, if you look at, there's an interesting scripture, the last um, chapter of Job, I think from verse 42 downwards. There's an interesting, when, when Job's blessing came, let's look at it. Are you in Job? 42. What verse starts the blessing of Job? It's the last, I think. Sorry? From verse 7. Are you there quickly? Verse 10. Okay. And the Lord restored Job's losses. When he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Go on quickly. No, look, let, I want to go at the things that he got. The clothes, the sheep, the 12. Now, the Lord blessed the latter days than the beginning. So, he had 14,000 sheep. Six thousand camels, one thousand yoke of oxen, one thousand female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. You see, he didn't give them, he didn't give him 14 sons because sons take. Are you with me? If he was going to bless Job double, everything else was double. But when he came to the children, he gave them what he had. Because you see that the seven sons he lost. He got seven sons. But if you have got 14 sons, it means they swallow more. You see, the, the, the prosperity we preach in the church is 14 sons. Where you have more and then you have the consumables are more. <laughs> I don't know whether you get it. Yeah, but he gave, he gave, he lost seven sons. He got seven sons. He, the three daughters were there. They didn't die. Are, are you getting it? Seven sons were the ones he lost. He got exactly, it was only the sons that he didn't get double. Everything else, next verse. Everything else was double. Everything else was, was everything else was double. It was only, and the funny thing is that he, he gives the name of the women. You know, the women were never named in the Bible. It was only this time that the women, Jemima Kezia, were named because significance had been given to where there was no significance. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Part of prosperity is to have your name become significant. Some of us, our name don't mean good. You see, a good name is also 
something, an investment into goodwill. When he, oh, as for this guy, I've heard of him, he's a good guy. Immediately you are, you are obliged to do good to them. If, oh, this person I've heard is a very wicked person. Would you do good to that person? Hello? Are, are we okay? Yes. I really don't feel like going further than I've, I've, <laughs> I've done so, so, so far. Because I don't, I don't want the significance of what I've said to be, because as for information, I can give you information, but I don't want to give you information overload. I want you to be able to use what you are getting, because these things, I don't preach them. I practice them, I don't preach them. But God has released me to teach them to you. So I don't want you to lose the importance of it to be lost in information overload. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? All right. So a significant name, a, a name that has goodwill, a name that becomes significant, is better. How are you with me? Scripture says a, a good name is better than riches. A good name. And you know that God is the one that makes your name good. Nobody can make their name good. Hallelujah. So he called the name of the first, Jemima, and the name of the second, Kezia, and the name of the Ted, Karen. I don't want to pronounce the other one. You will never find a lot of women's name in the Bible. Very, 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 very few times would you hear a name of a woman. But when God restores and God gives you prosperity and blessing, your name becomes significant. So the name that was ignored is now a name that is mentioned. Now people call their children Jemima, Kezia, and Karen. From this scripture. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Like, let me, sh I'll share one last one and then we'll go. Like, it is said, as a believer, you pay your tithe. We all know it. We pay tithe. We all uh, give offering, which is fine. But another main thing that we, as Christians, must practice is to become a source to your man or woman of God. I believe it. I practice it. But I have never taught it. I think Luke chapter 6. Is it Luke chapter 6? Susanna, the wife of Chusa. Uh,
Are you okay with me? So Luke chapter 8, verse 3. Becoming an investor into the life of your pastor. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who provided, give me the NIV. They provided for him from their substance. You don't have NIV. Okay, I'll read the NIV from here. He says, and jo Joanna, the wife of Chusa, a, a manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others, these were women helping to support them out of their own means. Do you support your, your pastor? I, I support my pastor. I support. And even as a church, I make sure we support. When my pastor needs something, it is done. Uh, you get what I'm saying. By something I've never preached because I don't want you to support me. <laughs> but I believe it. It's a secret I practice every time. There are at least two, three pastors every year we send money. And I'm not talking about something small. Money. Even as a church and personally to them. As a church we pay tithe. CICs, we pay tight because we believe in it. Yeah. And apart from tight, we give to our fathers because we believe in it. And we provide out of our substance to them. I'm sure you also re uh, recently were praying and I took some chairs and I sent it. My pastor needed chairs in Ghana. I said, here, take them. He says he needed a roof. I said, we'll support the roof. But I don't, I won't preach it. You are doing your church, I'm doing my church. Why should I give you money? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Listen, these women were following Jesus. Wherever he went, whatever he was looking for, they gave. You know the story of the widow of uh, Zarephtha? He says that you provide for the man of God. And when you do that, you cause your oil never to run out through the season of farming. Until the farming ends, your oil will never run out. Hallelujah. The devil says that, hey, look at pastor. Pastor has more money than me. <laughs> I should go and give him my small, with all my bills, with all the... Because a lot of people have abused it. So those who want to keep their name will never teach it. And you see, what it, ha it does is that it makes your oil run out in drought. In farming. I have got it. I do it. But I'm not teaching you. I'm wicked. And that's what the Lord rebuked me about. Because I was very, I was going to preach. 
oh, diligence, hard work, uh, this, that, that. I'll give you the points, and then that's it. Just listen, and then we go. We have finished prosperity. Let's go to something else. But it won't be helping you. Because sometimes a little knowledge is even dangerous. Some of us, the knowledge we have about giving and all that is what is stopping us from being prosperous. Because what we know is not everything there is to know, but we think we know. For instance, 10% tithe is the beginning, not the end. You start from 10%, but you are supposed to progress. You understand what I'm saying? It's an old test. Some people are struggling. The Old Testament doctrine. That, that you don't understand what you are doing. <laughs> See, a smart person doesn't invest the minimum. A smart person always invests far and above, even what they can afford. Have you not realized that the Western developed countries are more in debt? Meanwhile, every year they give a certain portion of their wealth to the third world, and that is without question. Even when they are not happy with the government, they still give. Why do you think that is? It's wisdom. They have debt. They have issues. They have homeless people in America. Meanwhile, they give billions of dollars to Africa. Why? Because it's wisdom. It is not just giving. It is investment. Because when you give, you make room for more. When you give, you make room for more. When you give, it's not about what you don't have or what you have. You give because you have to. Are are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Hallelujah. It's something that. Oh. Oh, you give your, your, your tithe and offering, that's it. It's okay. No, 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 no. No. The richer you are, the more you give. It is not the richer you are, the more you give. That The more you give, the richer you become. But the equation looks like the richer you are, the more you give. No, 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 it's not true. The more you give, that is why you are getting. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So one day I told my wife, Anybody who begs you for money, give them. If you don't have what they ask you for, whatever you can afford, give it. I believe in that. I practice that. Hallelujah. Because for the person, I told my wife, for the person to get up and put shame aside, to walk to you and tell you that I need that's a lot of energy, pride, and all those things that they've had to endure to come and stand in front of you. Don't look at it and say, oh, I don't have. Even if you don't have, go and borrow for them. Hallelujah. Amen. I think I'll stop here. If you have questions, ask. Questions? I'm, I'm, I've been honest, so I want you to be honest. Otherwise, I'll also start dancing around. 
<laughs> and then we will revert back to our normal equation. Because I think that makes me, makes me more comfortable. I don't know whether it makes you more comfortable. Because I'm not going to share my heart with you. And then you are, because I'm not sure whether you look at me funny. Because the questions you ask is going to tell me whether your heart is right to receive what I'm saying. Or I should revert, revise Maybe go and talk to the old man and tell him that, listen, the people, they can't receive some of the things, so you let's leave it here. You have a question? Okay. Put the mic on for us. So I just want to ask, you know, um, let's say you want to be to support, but you don't have any money. Is it possible to give whatever, maybe services or whatever you it's, can? It's, it's not, it's not about physical money. Giving is not just... Money. Giving is everything. Giving can even be time. Giving can be love. It's all giving. It's all sowing into. That's why I said that investment is not just cash. Goodwill is also investment. Helping somebody is also investment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Like, a pastor didn't need money. He needed chairs. Specifically chairs. And I had enough chairs. I had plans for the chairs. But he needed them. So I said, here, take it. When the time comes for me to need those chairs, I will buy it. But you need it now, so you take it. You get it? And see, there is nothing more than giving the person what they need. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Not giving them, not giving them what you think is sufficient. You see, when I need something, I'm in desperate need of something, and then I come to you, and you give me, because my pastor didn't come to me. Somebody whispered to me that your dad needs this. And I said, here, take, go and give it to me. He got to know at the beginning of January. No, I sent the thing before Christmas. He didn't know that I sent him, but he was worrying about chairs. And he was thinking, what, where am I going to get a chair? So I sent it to him before he got to know that I've sent it. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's, like, it's one less prayer he has to pray. Because what he needed, I gave him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not some old, I didn't give them the chairs we're using with stains on them. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You could. Um, you give out of your need. Yeah. Knowing very well that, um, I don't know how to put it. Okay, you give out of your need, not because you have so much. Out of obedience. Uh, yeah, out of obedience you give. Mm. But because you have given, and uh, other people in the church get to know about it, then it is like an advantage for them to keep asking, we need this, we need that, we need that. Part of, part of prosperity is know how to be assertive, how to say no when it's being abused. Yeah. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because human mm. beings as we are sometimes <laughs> will take advantage of your benevolence and start yeah. abusing it. Yeah. But part of being prosperous is being assertive to say, hey, mm. 
Do you understand? And I learned that taunt also from my pastor. When he has to say, hey, he says it without any, any reservations whatsoever. <laughs> Bank is closed for today. That's it. <laughs> for credit, come tomorrow. <laughs> any other question? Any other question? Valerie wants to ask a question. I could hear the question from you. Yes, darling. doesn't bring it back and it still comes to you to ask for more, for more. should you also give to that person back good question okay sometimes sometimes when you know for instance i i never like as a pastor i don't like borrowing or lending money are you with me so when you come and ask oh pastor i need you know to borrow can you borrow me 200 uh, no i'll give you 50 pounds Take it. Add it to work, the, to get the money. Are you with me? Because I have had countless experience of people leaving church. <laughs> because they borrowed money from me. And it was time to pay. And because they didn't want to pay, then they would rather go and stand somewhere and say, the church, the pastor is wicked. <laughs> he gave me money and now he's looking at me funny. Meanwhile, he hasn't even crossed my mind that he... <laughs> Are you getting Yeah, so I'd rather not do that. Do, do, do you get it? I, I always, like I, I, I was saying, you give what you can. Never ever lend. I, I mean, I tell my person, don't ever borrow money from your church members. It's part of our, as pastors, it's part, we never borrow money. If I hear pastors borrow money, you'll be sacked immediately. I don't care how, how, how broke you are. <laughs> never borrow money from church members. Never lend money to your church members. That's the quickest way of losing them. You give them what you can afford to give them. Yeah. Are you with me? Never ever lend money. Yeah. I never come and tell us your financial problems. We came to hear the word of God. We didn't come to hear your financial issues. <laughs> Uh, you get what I say. Oh, even the whole day I've eaten. No, no, no. <laughs> we didn't come to hear that. Any other question? Valerie was about to ask a question. Give her the microphone. She will ask a question. She was, she was thinking about something. No, I, I, com I completely understand that what you're saying. Like as Christians, it is our duty to obey, and you know give because we must not give because no i don't think you must give because they say you should give never give because they say you should give give because you understand do you understand as as an investor if you don't understand what you are investing in it won't yield anything for you are you with me and 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 giving is investment you must understand what you are giving and why you are giving are you getting what I'm saying? If I don't understand the, the business, I'll never invest in it. If I don't understand the terrain, the land, I will not invest in it. I must understand what I'm giving, I'm, I'm investing in. Otherwise, do you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's, that's why I'm trying to give you an understanding of why you do, you give. If you understand giving, you outgive everybody. If you understand giving and what giving does, you will give everybody. 
If I have to wind you up to give, it means you don't understand. And it won't, build, it won't be a blessing for you. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm trying to teach you how to become a kingdom investor. You understand? It's like where there are people who sit at various parts of the world and they go on their internet every morning to see where in the world they must invest their monies. And they understand investment. Sometimes, we see when the credit crunch hit and recession came to the UK, all the people from the Arab countries, they invested in buying properties in, in, the, in, the, in, in, um, in the UK, in London. All the Arab countries, all these billionaires with their oil money, they all came and bought all the buildings. Because when it's a crash, financial crash, money, uh, building prices drop, it means that that is a place to invest. Because everybody's running away. When people, everybody's running, that's when you invest in. In Zimbabwe, when uh, Mugabe, the, towards the end, when everybody was running, uh, Zimbabwe was the best place to invest. Uh, you get what I'm saying? And there are people who sit behind a computer looking for a place to put their money. And I'm telling you that it doesn't matter the, all the investments you can do. There is no better place than the kingdom of heaven to invest in. My father will buy a house. He has never been to a country before. He's never seen the house before, but he's bought it. Because my father, my natural father was an investor. When he died, the, the houses that up to today, we haven't located where the house is. Up to today. He died about 14, 15 years ago. Up to today, I'm talking to you. We don't know where in the Hague. There are two houses there. I don't know where they are. None of, none of us know where the building is. And my father bought it. He never went there. He himself, if he, if he resurrected to go and show us where the house is, he wouldn't know. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was a very, very savvy investor. 